Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Swing on a line drive, rip down the right field line, deep toward the pesky pole, and gone! Into the first to second row of the right field seats. Home run for Verdugo is 11th of the year, and the Red Sox... Now have a 3 nothing lead. Now a 1-2 pitch. Check swing, and it is strike three, says the home plate umpire on a pitch in the dirt. Shane Livensbarger hesitated for a moment and then called out Rutschman on the check swing, and Barnes picks up the save. All right, welcome into Red Sox review. I'm Mark Dundero with you until midnight as we parlay this into WEI late night. Red Sox beat the Orioles 3-1 tonight. It's their second straight win after a six-game losing streak. So the Sox back on track here as we wind down the season. Um, Obviously, a season to be forgotten there, Joe. Um, But they get the win tonight. So um, impressive outing for Rich Hill tonight. Dominant. Really? Does it still blow your mind that he's doing this at 43 years old? Because it blows my mind every single time. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, I'm not going to act like he's having this banner year. But he goes out there and, and gets a lot of swings and misses tonight, and he's, he's striking guys out. I mean, I didn't expect Rich Hill at this age when he's, you know, doing this. What, do you have 10 strikeouts? Nine strikeouts. Yeah, well, I, I didn't expect at this age to have so many strikeouts in a, in a good outing, you know, I get, but hey, give him credit. And he had some breaking news tonight. Announced officially he'll be back next year. Didn't know that. So, all right. Um, look, I'm just going to say this about the Red Sox. Chad Finn had an article in the Globe today, and I agree with him for the most part. But just overall, I do not think, I, I for, forever, when I think of the 2022 season, will not be convinced that the lineup and that the roster was an adequate reflection of the record. I will not. I think that this team had better players than their 74 and 81 record and their 39 and 38 home record. Now, I'm not saying they were a 98 win team, but to be below 500 with this roster, with these guys, with some of the guys and the performances they had this year in spots. I'm thinking of Trevor Story for a stretch. I'm thinking of Nick Pavetta for a stretch. I'm thinking of Michael Walker first. I mean, just different performances from guys that aren't the best players on the team. When you look at some of the best players on the team, when I look at Xander Bogarts and the down year, good year in terms of batting average, but down year overall. When I look at the second half for Rafi Devers, and I know he's probably dealing with some physical stuff, injury, whatever it is. This team, this roster, to me, was better than 74 and 81. To me. 
You will never convince me otherwise. There were other things probably going on. I don't know if it was a mentality, a culture thing. I don't know if it was, a, you know, Xander Bogarts was moping around. He sort of admitted as much a few weeks back or a month ago or whatever when he was talking about how lost or how mystifying the swing issues were this year and how difficult of a year it is. I mean, that type of energy from your best player can be contagious. He had that incident early in the year where he ran into, who was it, Verdugo in the outfield? That, that hurt him. That hindered him. His shoulder, whatever, was banged up. I will never buy in completely that the roster was as bad as a below 500 record. I won't. Now, there were obviously holes. There were issues. First base was an issue. But the I, think, roster... I think the question is, which roster, though? Are you talking about the one pre-deadline or the one that you see right now with adding Tommy Pham, Reese McGuire, and all those guys? That's fair, especially when you consider that McGuire's been good. Pham, you know, for the most part, helped added some value. I mean, I just think overall they weren't this bad. J.D. Martinez, he had a bad year. Like, you shouldn't have had that bad of a year. So I think that the roster needs an overhaul, needs upgrades. Okay, but I just don't want – all I'm saying is I don't want that to overshadow the fact that this team should have been better this year with the guys that were in that clubhouse. That's my take. Okay? That's my take on the roster this year and the, and the Red Sox this year. It was a disappointment on multiple levels. High in bloom, there were things he could have done better. But the roster this year – was not a below, to me, wasn't a below 500 roster. You had guys, your best players did not perform well. Now, again, I'm not saying that would have taken you to the World Series, but that should have, those guys on that roster should have been able to get you over 500. Tough division, but there was no excuse to be as bad as you were in the American League East this year. None. And to finish behind the Orioles, significantly behind the Orioles. And by the way, I don't know. This isn't good for baseball. And we'll see how the postseason is. I guess that's all that matters. If you have epic series and seven-game classics in the playoffs, that's the important thing. But the division races this year? I mean, what a joke. The only race, the only one, is the National League East. The Braves and the Mets are tied. Every uh, The next closest second-place team, in the entire majors, is seven and a half games back. That's the next closest race. The Brewers are seven and a half games back of the Cardinals. I'm not talking about the wild card, but the division races. What a disgrace. Padres 20 games back of the Dodgers. They're in second place. 13 games back, the Phillies of the Mets and Braves, so we'll excuse that division. The Blue Jays, eight and a half games back of the Yankees. White Sox, 10 games back of the Guardians. And the Mariners, a cool 18 games back of the Astros. And they're 13 games over 500. I mean, credit to where credit's due. The Astros have won 102 games. I feel like they've kind of gone under the radar. Maybe I'm not paying attention enough to Houston. We've heard so much about the Mets and the Trumpets and friggin', you know, the Yankees this year and their start. But the Astros, once again, finding a way. Um, But I just, it's amazing that there's no division races outside of the AL East. Nothing, not even close. So. I still think there are a lot of good teams out there. It's just they they all have different stretches of, of play. Like I said, the Mariners are 13 games over 500. You know, the Blue Jays. The Rays and the and the Orioles are all over 500. 
not all going to make the playoffs. Philly's 13 games over 500, 13 games back. Brewers 10 games. So, listen, I look at all these other teams. I mean, the Padres lost their best guy. You know, like they, there was no reason the Red Sox should have been this bad this year. That's the theme that I take away from this season and from this team, and I just don't want it confused with an absolute debacle and complete um, dropping of the ball from the front office. There were issues there. I've been saying it all year. There were issues there, no question. They put too much faith in Chris Sale. You know, as good as Rich Hill was, I think, you know, he kind of alluded alluded to it tonight in his interview with Joe and Sean. I thought it was interesting. Okay? Not that it's, I don't know if we expect him back or whatever, but he did say, you know, he did use the word contender when referencing next year. And that is the role Rich Hill needs to have. He needs to be a depth piece for a contending team. Well, remember what he said a couple of weeks ago, saying like he wanted to do the Roger Clemens kind of thing, where he plays like the second half and of that's the year, he, and that's why like, they asked that's him another about factor. It. Yeah, they asked him about that tonight. I don't think that's a bad. I mean, if he thinks he can still produce, if a team thinks he can still produce, fine. Um, if he can pitch close to what he did tonight, that'd be huge for whoever could possibly pick him up. Certainly would. Um, I'm not convinced of that. I don't necessarily. I didn't love the move this year because I felt like this team, based on where they were. They weren't a rich hill away. I would have been try- I would have been more interested in a guy, a younger guy that they could see, hey, is this guy going to be a part of our future? Um but he pitched well tonight. Do you think he is part of the future though? Rich Hill? Like would you expect would you see him on the 2023 Sox roster? I hope not. No. I have a lot of respect for Rich Hill and I salute him for doing it this long. But I just think they need an injection of youth an injection of edge. I think they just need some more guys. I mean, look, they've already got one big lefty that has, like, frustrated me. Respect to Rich Hill, but I think he should go to a team that is a bona fide contender and play out his career that way, whether he takes a half a year off or whatever it is. I just don't think I want him as part. Like, all those guys, like the Jackie Bradley Jr., those types of signings. This team, that did not add up for this team. And going into next year... This team needs veteran stars, if anything. I need stars to come in. I need High and Bloom to understand that this is the Red Sox and that they're one of the biggest teams with the biggest payroll, with the deepest pockets, and you can have a little fun and go get big-name players to come here. That's what has to happen this offseason, especially in the outfield. I'd like a big bat in the outfield to come here. You know, let's see if they re-sign some of these guys. Um, you know, if Xander Bogarts moves on, obviously there's going to be some backlash there. I don't know what High and Bloom's thinking in terms of um, the type of criticism he'll get if something like that happens. I hope he's making baseball decisions. I trust he's making baseball decisions. But they need to go out and get a playmaking guy in the outfield that can impact the lineup and be a guy that produces next year. Ultimately, what they need is their big bass to produce. Whether that's the guys they have this year, Bogarts, Devers, and whoever approximates whatever J.D. Martinez is supposed to do, I don't expect that to be J.D. Martinez next year or whatever, but whoever that replacement is, I need a I need a good year from that guy. You're kind of describing what the Sox had a year ago, basically, in Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Like, I need a good year from one of those guys. So that's what I need to do. And I know there's a lot about, and we've seen it with the Patriots, and we talk about it in the NFL a lot, uh, and this is referencing sort of Chad Finn, what he was saying in the Globe today about winning the offseason. 
but it does kind of feel like and maybe this is a loserville type of approach, but it does feel like I agree. The Red Sox need to win the offseason just to reignite some excitement and get guys on the field that can play and help the team win. But they need some buzz. They need some good buzz this offseason via some good signings. So it's the, it's the signings that would generate the buzz. I'm not saying sign somebody. I mean, you could generate good buzz by signing some circus. You know, I'm not, that's not what I mean. I mean, you got to have good signings, preferably some um, explosive signings that work out. I know not all, all of the big explosive signings work out. Adrian Gonzalez, you know, Pod, uh, whatever his name was, Pablo Panda, Sandoval, whatever. Um, they don't all work out. But let's try to get one of those big-name signings to work out. That's what they need. They don't need a million guys. They don't need three big-name bats. Just give me one thumper and re-sign some of the guys you have. Tweak a few things. Maybe call up one of those big names you got or a promising young prospect, and we'll be right back there. But that that needs to happen for the Red Sox. Uh, this year, this offseason. Uh, Alex Cora spoke after the game. Let's hear from the manager. Oakland was good, too. Um, the mix of pitches, that's the most important thing, and throwing strikes. Um, we had him off balance, um, used his off speed to protect the fastball, threw some cutters in certain hitters counts, and, and did an outstanding job. I mean, velocity-wise, but the pitcher, the pitcher's characteristics are are good. You know, the spin rate and all that stuff. You know, like I, I keep saying, like Rich is, you know, for everything. Sometimes he complains about all the new stuff, whatever. He is kind of like the new era pitcher, right? You know, fastballs up with spin, great breaking ball. You see the efficiency of his pitches and and everything, and he can pitch. He can pitch, and uh, obviously the arm angles and the pace and the slide step and all that, that's part of the equation. But I think if you put the pitches one by one, they're really good, all of them. And uh, velocity is not 97, 98, but uh, just like a few guys in this league this year, you know, just changing speeds and using the fastball in certain spots, you know, you can dominate. And uh, today he did an outstanding job with that. He's, he's a good athlete, you know, and, and he's in great shape. That's how I keep saying, like, he can pitch until whenever they decide is he's done, you know, uh, injury aside, right? And uh, he was able to bounce back from the injury quicker than probably others. And uh, his willingness to go out there and compete and not take one pitch for granted is what makes him special. But was there a point where he started? It seemed like early in the year it was, you know, probably 90% fastballs and curveballs. And then, you know, he introduced the cutter and the change more. Which was there a point where he expanded the pitch mix in your mind? Things started in Oakland. Um, he got hit hard a few times here. They hit him hard, right? Um, early on, it was a very difficult start for him, right? You know, with what happened with his family. And uh, was he, he had COVID at one point, probably? Yeah, he did, yeah. So it was, I, I don't even remember what, I know I, I had Kobe at one point, but uh, it was kind of like off in the beginning. And then he found his rhythm. That start in Oakland was a good one. And that's when the cutter started playing. 
and it, it's on and off, but then he gets hurt. So it's kind of like he has to go back to the fastball and curveball and all that. But you see the mix now. It's a, it's a good one. They're going to do that all the time. They're going to load up righties against him and, and go from there. And um, tonight was one of those good ones, you know, just – we needed that too. We needed uh, 18 outs. We were a little bit short in the bullpen, and um, you know, um, he was outstanding. Him? Yeah. Um, against Tampa. All right. So that was Alex Cora post game after the Red Sox 3-1 win over the Orioles. Sox nine and nine versus the O's this season. As Rich Hill pitched a beauty tonight. Um, but not enough of those this year for Boston, as they will once again. Um, well, I shouldn't say once again. They had a great run into the postseason last year, but this year, not so much. But the good news is we've seen this before from the Red Sox, you know? Bad year turns into what? Big year the next year. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, some of the pieces you see, like, in these dog days could be, like, future assets for, like, net more championship runs, which is what I kind of see with a couple guys. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's just funny how they operate. You know, they've had some bad years. Some bad years, some devastating misses. And then they come back, and it's really good. Um, you know, 2020 was a bad year. They came back, and it was, you know, they ended up in the ALCS, two wins away from the World Series last year, right? They had that lead. They were up 2-1, I think, on Houston. Um, similar to the Celtics. And that didn't get that didn't go uh, the way the Celtics wanted either. So, um, all right. So Red Sox they win tonight nine nine, and or no, nine and nine 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 and nine against the Orioles. Geez, can you tell them I'm ready to talk about the Patriots? Um, three well, to one was the final. Three to one was the final. Nine and nine versus the Orioles this year. Like I said, okay. Um, we're gonna get into the Patriots. A lot to get to, a lot happening with that team right now. Bill Belichick spoke to the media today. Um, I miss going to those press conferences, man. Today and what happened today really makes me miss being there and being a part of that beautiful thing that goes on every Wednesday or whenever they are at Gillette Stadium because Bill Belichick didn't say a whole lot about the Mac Jones injury, Joe. Didn't have a whole lot to say. What they're going to do is this. Okay, This is what I got from what Bill Belichick had to say. They reviewed the injury today. Okay, this today they reviewed it. They talked about it. Doctors were involved. They looked at them. Treatment. And then what's going to happen is tomorrow, okay, they're going to do something similar than what they did today. Do I have that right? So he said, like, Day to day. So I think he didn't that, just say it, he repeated it he repeated about a dozen times. About 12 times. So they're going to look at the injury today. Okay. They did that. And then tomorrow they're going to look at it again. And then they're going to see, based on what they saw today, what they see tomorrow. Okay. And then they're going to reassess. So he'll compare what he saw today versus what he sees tomorrow. And then they're going to say, all right, this is the progress that's been made. And then we can go into, ready, the next day and then reevaluate what he sees on Friday based on what he saw on Thursday 
and they'll continue to evaluate the injury in that regard, and it'll be every day, okay? Every day they're going to look at the injury. Can you believe that? So don't ask them for an update because they're going to do this every day. Okay. A good good description on what exactly day to day means. I just so to, that I just, just, just precisely sure what it is. Everyone knows what day to day means. Just making sure, okay? So we all know what day to day means. Today and then tomorrow it happens again. I could tell you were confused. And then after that it's going to happen again and then they'll talk about it again the next day and we'll see where we are come the weekend. Okay. Um listen, the game on Sunday. Lots of thoughts on the game on Sunday, okay? I actually felt pretty good about that game on Sunday, right up until Mac Jones got injured. Let's do this. Let's go to break. Let's get the break in. When we get back, I'm going to tell you exactly why I was optimistic after that game on Sunday and what I think we learned and what I think we need to see going forward. I'm Mark Dundero. This is WEI Red Sox Review and WEI Late Night.